Hey, good morning, everyone. Hey, another big warm welcome to everyone. It's good to see you. As you can see on the screen there, we're going to be in Deuteronomy uh, 31. So if you have your Bibles, would you turn there with me? And we'll read from verse 24 down to verse 29. Hey, as you're aware, um, Deuteronomy is the fifth book written by Moses, inspired by the Holy Spirit. And um, it's sort of like a long sermon. It's his final address to the people of Israel. Um, and he's coming towards the end. We saw last week that Joshua is being called now to lead the Israelites. And we see um, that he's not going to be around for long. He's about to die. Um, so follow along with me from verse 24 down to verse 29. When Moses had finished writing the words of this law in a book to the very end, Moses commanded the Levites who carried the Ark of the Covenant of the Lord Take this book of the law and put it by the side of the Ark of the Covenant of the Lord your God, that it may be there for a witness against you. For I know how rebellious and stubborn you are. Behold, even today while I am yet alive with you, you have been rebellious against the Lord. How much more after my death? Assemble to me all the elders of your tribes and, of and your officers, that I may speak these words in their ears, and call heaven and earth to witness against them. For I know that after my death you will surely act corruptly and turn aside from the way that I have commanded you. And in the days to come, evil will befall you, because you will do what is evil in the sight of the Lord, provoking him to anger through the works of your hands. Friends, this morning we, we encounter a very serious passage. Uh, one that comes with a deep sense of urgency. The Israelites are in great danger, we see here. But friends, you yourselves are in great danger too. And it's for that reason uh, that we should pray now and ask for God's help. Let's pray. Lord, motivated by your love, you have spoken to us, you have revealed yourself in your word, and Lord, we have read from your word this morning. We were exposed to it just there in John 12, in Psalm 24, and now here in Deuteronomy 31. Oh Lord, we have come into contact with such a holy thing. Oh Lord, I pray this morning that you would not let us walk away unaffected by your word. But instead, by the work of your Spirit, you will work in our hearts. That you will turn those who are yet to believe into believers. Those who are, are young and immature in their faith um, to look more like Christ every single day. Our Lord, be with us all. And for the sake of your glory, save people this morning and mature people this morning. In Christ's name, Amen. Friends, um, there's a sort of a theological term for God. Um, he's he's trans, um, transcendent. What that means is you can't just go out and look for him and figure out where he is. You can't go find things out about him. The only way that you can know anything about God is that he reveals himself to you. Now, God is under no obligation to reveal himself to his creatures. He doesn't have to. But he has. And how has he done that? Well, 
Psalm 19, in the first verse, it says, The heavens declare the glory of God. The skies proclaim his handiwork. Friends, all we need to do is look outside, and God's signature is all over his creation. His marks are all over creation, which leaves no excuse for anyone in the whole world to deny that there is a God. It's so obvious. He's there. And the only way that we can escape that truth, Romans tells us, is to suppress that truth. So God and his kindness is one of the first ways we see that he loves us is he reveals himself to us. We can look outside and we can know that there is a creator, one worthy of worship. And we can easily see that we are not uh, living up to the standard of worshiping that God. This morning in uh, verse 24, we see something very, very special. It says there, when Moses had finished writing the words of this law in a book, God in his great kindness to you, he loved you so much that his servant, inspired by the Holy Spirit, wrote these words down. God in his great power preserved these words. These words here that we read from this morning, they were written three and a half thousand years ago. And God has preserved these words so that you and I can look upon them today. How great is God? We see here one of his great acts of love, that he reveals himself through the written word. And how do we know that Moses here is writing the written word of God? Well, the New Testament helps us in many, many, many ways in many places. In Hebrews chapter 1 verse 1, it says there that in many ways and in many times, God spoke to the fathers through the prophets. Moses here is the greatest prophet seen in the Old Testament. He wrote the first five books, and God spoke through Moses to give these books. In 2 Peter 1.21, it says there, No prophecy originates with the man. Instead, they're carried along by the Holy Spirit. Moses here is carried along by the Holy Spirit. And he writes what God gives him to write. What else is there? There's 2 Timothy 3.16, one of the most famous verses when it comes to the Bible. All scripture is breathed out by God. God breathes, Moses writes. God has spoken to us in these books. And it's a great act of love that he does that. Again, he is not obligated to tell you anything about him privately. But out of his grace, he has revealed to us um, and made public things about himself that we can know. Now, what I have in my hands here, friends, I weighed it last night. It's 564 grams. And um, it's made out of Bible paper, they call it, synthetic leather, and ink. You can get this online for less than $30, which is about the average uh, wage for a construction worker in New Zealand. So it doesn't cost much. But how much is this worth? It costs less than $30 to get this into my hands, but how much is this Bible worth? Well, look with me at where Moses instructs these Levites to put this book. Look at verse uh, 25. Moses commanded the Levites who carried the Ark of the Covenant of the Lord, take this book of the law and put it by the side of the Ark of the Covenant of the Lord your God. 
Now, friends, some of us might not be too familiar with what the Ark of the Covenant of the Lord your God is. So in, um, in this time when the Israelites were wandering through the desert for 40 years, they were instructed to construct um, something called a tabernacle. And what the tabernacle looked like is, um, you might imagine uh, we're in a hall now, there was a, a fence that went around, there was a perimeter fence, and inside that fence there was a building that occupied sort of half the space, and the first half was called the outer court. So you had to walk through the gate, you walked through the outer court, and you got to this building. Inside this building there were two compartments. One was called the holy place, and you could only get into the holy place after a certain amount of washings and rituals um, and cleansings so that you could get in there. And you had to be a priest. Not everyone was a priest. In this second compartment, it's called the most holy place or the holy of holies. And what the tabernacle was to do, it was to be a dwelling place for God. It was to represent his presence with the Israelites. And inside of the holy of holies, Only one man could enter one time a year. And he was the high priest of Israel. And only after cleansings and washings could he enter into this place. He had to prepare himself before he could enter into what was the presence of God. And in this room, the Holy of Holies, there was something called the Ark of the Covenant. And this Ark of the Covenant, it was like a box It had handles on it because the priests, when they moved from place to place, they would put it on their shoulders. And only certain priests could carry this thing under certain conditions. And this thing called the Ark of the Covenant, it was plated with gold. It was to give the idea that this thing was valuable, infinitely so. So they got the most precious thing they could find to construct it. Now the Ark of the Covenant was so holy and so sacred that you couldn't touch the thing unless you were the high priest or you were a priest designated to carry it from place to place. In fact, there's a story of a man who saw that it was about to touch the ground and he went to try and hold it up and he was struck dead. And you might think, that seems a bit severe. Why would God do such a thing? Oh, friend, this man thought that he could just waltz in And so what was the representation of God's presence and touch it? The Ark of the Covenant was sacred. It was to be a picture of God's throne here on earth. When God came down to earth, he would sit there. And the top of the Ark of the Covenant was called the mercy seat. So this thing is very important. Where are the Israelites, the Levites, instructed to put this book? Where did Moses say to put this book? Right beside the Ark of the Covenant. What does that say to us, friends? This book was to be put by the representation of God's presence on earth. Why? Because this is God's word. It's infinitely valuable. It costs $30 online but it is of infinite worth. And I want to tell you what privilege that is to us. Why is this worth so much? Well, supremely because it is God's word. But what about it is so good to us? 
Well, in talking about these scriptures, in 2 Timothy 3.15, just before that famous 16th verse, Paul tells Timothy, the scriptures of old, these holy scriptures, the book, the, the law, and the prophets, can make you wise unto salvation. Why is this so valuable to us? Because, friends, we are in desperate need of salvation, and this book points us to salvation. The rest of that 15th verse, it says, um, it can make you wise unto salvation through faith in Jesus Christ. The book of the law that Moses instructs these Levites to put next to the Ark of the Covenant, this book of infinite worth can make us wise unto salvation. What a great privilege we have this morning to open such a book. What a privilege we have in this day and age where there are more Bibles than there have ever been printed. Where you can go online and buy this for $30 or go down to a second-hand bookstore and buy one for $5. Where you can download it on your phone for free. We have access. What a great privilege it is to us today to have this book. And it makes us wise unto salvation. He, uh, Romans 10 says um, that faith comes by hearing and hearing the word of Christ. We can hear the word of Christ when we come to this book. And so do you see with me, friends, our great privilege that we can come into close contact with God's holy word? God's holy word. This is not a newsletter that pops up in your emails. This is um, not, not a retailer trying to sell you something. This is God's word that makes you wise unto salvation. That when you hear, you can have faith in Christ. Do you see how valuable this book is? And it's precisely because of its worth and precisely because of its value that you, my friend, are in great danger this morning. Now, how, how can I say that? How can I say that you are in great danger when I've just described this as such a great privilege? Well, friends, would you look down at verse 29 with me? For I know that after my death you will surely act corruptly and turn aside from the way that I have commanded you. And in the days to come, evil will be for you because you will do what is evil in the sight of the Lord, provoking him to anger through the works of your hands. Are these not the people who just heard the words that Moses spoke to them directly? Are these not the people who are carrying the Bible and putting it next to the Ark of the Covenant? Aren't these the people who had that great privilege of seeing God at work and seeing his word written down? Friends, I say again, you are in great danger this morning. You are confronted with such a great privilege. But what was wrong with the way that the Israelites responded to this great privilege? Disobedience. Not only disobedience, irreverence. Stubbornness. Hard-heartedness. Cold towards the Word of God. Friends, I want to ask you this morning. Many of us have come to church week after week. Many of us go to care groups week after week. Many of us have our daily devotions and we go through the Bible in portions. Friends, in your close contact with such a holy book, 
in your contact with such a divine and majestic word, are you growing in holiness towards God? Are you growing in the likeness of Christ? Is the pattern of your life one that moves towards God? In your close contact with this holy book that makes you wise unto salvation, that talks about Jesus Christ, are you growing? Is that the pattern of your life? If you cannot answer yes, God have mercy on you. You are growing tired of God. If you cannot answer yes, God forgive you because you are growing weary of the most holy. Friends, that is why I say you are in great danger this morning because you have come into contact again with the holy word of God that makes us wise unto salvation through Jesus Christ, through faith in Jesus Christ. Well, I ask you this morning, where are you, friend? Moses even says here, not only are they stubborn and hard-heartedness, but they're only behaving because I'm around. Friends, if, if the people in your life, the ones who are sort of restraining you from doing things that you want to do, things that are bad, if they were to pass away or those controls and restrictions were to disappear tomorrow, would you be like this, these people, stubborn, cold, growing more and more tired of holy things? Where did this stubbornness end up? Where was this hard-heartedness and coldness? How, how did it all come to a climax? It was at the crucifixion of Jesus Christ. Look who Moses is talking to here. He's talking to officers and elders. We only need to look at John 19, and we see there when Jesus is standing before Pilate, he's been arrested, he's on a, a fake trial. Who's crying out for this man, this holy man, Jesus Christ, to be crucified? It's the elders and the officers. These are the people who have access to the word. These are the people who hear the word day in, day out. It's their job to study it. If you are growing cold towards God today, my friend, it culminates in you denying Christ altogether. Look at what happened to these people. Only 1,500 years later, and they crucified the Lord of glory. They crucified the one who was the law personified. If Moses was the one inspired by the Holy Spirit to write the law, Jesus was the one who illustrated the law. He was the perfect picture of the law. And yet these men and women who were so um, privileged to have this word next to them, could not even recognize when that word came to life. Friends, you are in great danger this morning. You are in great danger when you come into contact with such a holy book. It is your great danger because it, it is your great privilege. Hebrews 6.6 6 tells us something very sobering. It says those who walk away after receiving the truth, after coming into contact with this book, those who walk away... It's as if they are crucifying Christ again. Well, what does that mean? It means that 
If you walk away after hearing the truth, if you walk away time after time and harden your heart, grow cold towards him, after all the times you are in close contact with this book, it's as if you were in that crowd and you were screaming out, crucify him. Friends, this passage is a very sobering passage. It's very serious. It demands your urgent attention. There is nothing more urgent for you today than to respond to this. There's, if World War III started today, this would still be your priority. This would still be the most urgent thing that demands your attention. If the pandemic, if there were 20 pandemics and they were 100 times worse than COVID, this is still the most urgent thing that demands your attention. Friends, you are in great danger. But God is merciful. Romans 10 says, if you call upon the name of the Lord, you will be saved. Friends, if you have found yourself this morning to have grown tired and weary of God and of his word, I'll call out his name. He is a forgiving God. Would you come to Christ? Would you remember that great privilege that this book can make us wise unto salvation? through Jesus Christ? Would you remember again that hearing the word of Christ brings about faith? Or would you cry to the Holy Spirit to change your heart that you might receive his word? Let's pray. Father, you have been so gracious to us. Lord, in your grace and kindness, Motivated by your love, you have revealed to us your word. And we thank you, Lord, that the law points us to Christ. That the law came through Moses, but grace and truth comes through Jesus Christ. Oh, Lord, would you use the law this morning to lead us to that grace and truth? Would you use uh, the books of the law to lead us to the gospel, to the salvation that Jesus Christ brings? And would you help us to trust in him alone? And Lord, would you help us to turn away from any distractions, any idols, all those other things that compete for our attention. And would you help us, Lord, to deal with that which is most urgent to us right now and will always be the most urgent matter in our lives. Be gracious to us and have mercy on us. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen.